Anyway, the Bible tells us that when we see Jerusalem in Israel, when Jerusalem becomes the key city of Israel again, which happened in 1948, that in that generation, that would be a sign of the last days. And so I believe we're a last days church. And I believe God is doing something super special right now. I really believe it. Not just preacher talk. This last year has changed my whole world. I never believed I would see what I saw in one year's time. I really never believed that. I didn't think Christ, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I didn't expect to see Christ return in my lifetime. Now I realize it could happen before the week's out. I mean, it's real, it's, we're, we're right on it. It's, it's for reals. I mean, just not by what I'm saying. Just watch, watch the news. Watch what's going to happen this week. This is going to be a crazy week. You, you watch what God does. It's going to be an amazing week. So the first and the last thing that Jesus spoke about while he was on the earth, first thing he spoke about was the kingdom. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then the last thing he spoke about was the kingdom. And I want to read to you a kingdom parable that Jesus spoke, and then I want to expound on what it means and help us to walk into where we're at now in 2021. And this, the text is found, our first text is found in Matthew 20, verse 1. It says, for the kingdom of heaven, now this is like, he's helping us to understand, is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, that's the amount of money they paid for that day, he sent them into his vineyard, and he went out about uh, the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever's right, I will give you. So they went, and again he went out the sixth hour and the ninth hour, and he did likewise. So, so far he's gone out the sixth hour, the, 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 sixth hour, the third hour, uh, the, the sixth hour, and the ninth hour, the first hour. And he says, and about the eleventh hour. He went out and found others standing idle, and he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? And they said, Because no one hired us. And he said to them, You also go to the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to the steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those who came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. And he answered and said to them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give the last man the same as to you. It is, is it not lawful for me to do uh, uh, what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last, for many are called and few are chosen. Many are called and few are chosen, by the way, is the Roman legion. Uh, that was the motto of their, their legionnaires. That was something the Romans used. So that was a term that they all understood. So first of all, I want to say the landowner had an all-day-long concern for his vineyard, okay? All day long, from morning till night, from early in the morning, all the way until later that night, he was concerned with the progress of the vineyard and how it was progressing. The first hour in the Bible, whenever you study the first hour, it's always 6 a.m. 
Now, in our story, it's the picture of the first century church. This is what Christ is really talking about. These are the apostles, those that started in the vineyard first, those that birthed the early church. They paid a great price. They bore the burden of the whole day. They, they, they took the weight of everything all the way through. There was a great price paid by those at 6 a.m., and they, 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 they got no more than those that started late, but they, they bore a great weight, and they birthed the movement. The third hour would have been at 9 a.m. Now, this is a picture of the empowered church, the empowered church. The landowner finds people with idle hands standing around. In other words, they're, they're down at Home Depot waiting for a job. Okay, so to speak, it's not a bad thing. They're idle hands, and they're willing to labor. And so the Bible says that he empowers them. He empowers them to labor. Acts 2.15 says, For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. In other words, 9 a.m. in the morning. And so what this is a picture of, the third hour is always a picture of the empowering of the church or the baptism of the Holy Spirit being released. They're not drunk as you suppose. This is the engine of the Christian experience. Amen. I am so thankful for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for the power that God gave us and helped us. I'm, how many of you are glad for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It empowered the laborers to become witnesses and powerful. So that's what the third hour pictured. The, the sixth hour is at noon. Is at noon. The sixth hour is always a picture of the worshiping church. The worshiping church. John 4, 6 says... Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was the sixth hour. It was at noontime. And then it goes on to say this. Jesus said to the woman who was at the well, Believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So the, the noon hour, the time whenever God talks about this, this time, He's talking about a portrait of worship. And I believe that the church is the most worshiping it's ever been in all of its history right now. And I am thankful for God when, because of the worship that we experience. Amen. You know, anything can happen in worship. When you're having a true Holy Spirit worship service, I'm telling you, people can be healed, delivered, set free, nobody even touching their lives. Nobody. The power of worship is incredible. And I might minister on that on Wednesday night. We'll see what happens. But it's incredible. Amen. Amen. And I thank God to be part of a worshiping church. I, I was sitting here thinking about the first church I pioneered almost 40 years ago. It was me and a tambourine, and nobody even realized we were singing Power in the Blood. I was teaching them a new song, but I couldn't sing it right, and they didn't know the difference. The altar call, I looked over at the guitar player. I had forgot to teach him an altar call song, so I said, just play whatever you want. Man, that brother ripped out Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. I mean, I mean he rocked it out. I said, man, beautiful, just keep playing. We had that song for weeks. It was awesome. People got saved every day. So... The noon hour is a picture of worship, of worship, okay? The ninth hour is at 3 o'clock. And this is a picture of the equipped church. 
Let me just tell you the story rather than read it all. It's found in Acts, the third chapter. You find Peter and John going to the temple to pray about the ninth hour, which would be 3, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And they come upon a man that's been brought there and set there at the gate. Beautiful. Remember that story? He had been lame from his mother's womb, and he was sitting there begging alms. And he asked Peter and John, they said, well, look, silver and gold we don't have, but what we have we're going to give you. Remember that? And they, 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 they grabbed him by the hand, picked him up, strength went into his ankles and his feet. He jumped up, healed by the power of God, went running and dancing into the temple. Amen. So, so this is a picture of the church being equipped. The people of God are now equipped with gifts and miracles and power of the Holy Spirit. This is what happens in this, this hour. So if you're watching the progression, first the church is birthed, then the church is empowered with a baptism, then the church becomes a worshiping church, and then the church becomes an equipped church and begins to move. And so so you got to realize, for centuries, the people sat in churches doing nothing. Almost sounds like today. I don't mean to be ugly, but, but we talk a lot about miracles, but we aren't seeing any. Okay, and so same thing, all the way from Malachi to Matthew, God didn't speak. That's 400 years. America's only a couple of hundred years old. That's a long time, no speaking. And so the church had actually entered into a, a period of its, one of its darkest times. But at this point, at this point, these apostles are now empowered and gifted by God. They're doing miracles. Truth had been restored. Light had been restored. Power had been manifested. And all the truths, all the way back from the apostles, uh, all the way down, and even for us today, all the way from the apostles to Martin Luther to today, everything that they, that's progressed is ours right now we're in the same vineyard we're in the same field as these people have been out there since the beginning okay so the bible says in isaiah 60 verse 1 arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the lord has risen upon you amen so so watch the progression now the church is birthed. The church has become uh, baptized. The church has become uh, a worshiping church. I thank God for it. I, that the church has become an equipped church. And then we come to the 11th hour, the 5 o'clock hour, and this is a portrait of the mature church. It's where everything comes together that's been working all along. The progressive work of God is now there. Can I tell you that you're sitting here in church today because somebody sacrificed for you to be here? When you was a heathen running around like a psychopath, amen, somebody was working at Burger King, paying their tithe and coming to church and learning how to worship and present a place for you to come in and learn and to grow in God. Amen. So everything that's ever happened that's gone on before you, God is now beginning to bring it to manifestation. Let me read you a scripture in Ezekiel 16. It says, I made you thrive like a plant in the field, and you grew matured and became beautiful your breasts were formed your hair grew but you were naked and bare when i passed by you again i looked upon you indeed your time was the time of love so i spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness yes i swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you and you became mine says the lord of lord god then I washed you in water. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood, and I anointed you with oil. I clothed you in embroidered cloth, and I gave you sandals of badger skin. I clothed you with fine linen. I covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments. I put bracelets on your wrist and a chain on your neck. In other words, here's what God's saying. Here's what God says in this last hour. He walked by, and he saw us as infants. 
He saw us as a baby, still with an umbilical cord hooked to us. We were still hooked to the flesh. We were still attached to our old way and our old thoughts. And he says, but I passed by again. This time I found you. You had progressed. You'd learned how to worship. You'd learned how to be equipped. You'd learned how to be baptized and empowered. This time when I passed by, I found a beautiful, mature woman. And so I healed you, and I robed you in royalty, and I gave you heaven's uh, uh, gems, and I, I anointed you with perfume. And so the picture is a baby being saved, but the second time it's a woman being anointed, being elevated, being brought into her destiny as a queen and royalty. Anytime in the Bible you study about women, you're going to find out they represent the religious systems of the world. Amen. Okay, and so he's saying to the church, he's saying, now I'm seeing a church that is mature and developing, and that's why I'm going to pour out all of these things upon you. I'm going to lift you up, and I'm going to clothe you, and I'm going to anoint you, and I'm going to do things. Listen, it's impossible to have a mature church when you teach them an immature word. Amen. They need a mature diet. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And there's something inside of all of us that wants to grow. There's something inside of all of us that wants to learn something more of God. So, so the first, watch this. The first century, the, the Jewish messianic, meaning the, the believers, the, they were Jews but they believed in Jesus, were experiencing the birth of the church. That's what they were experiencing. They had never had a church before. They didn't understand what was happening. And they were watching the foundations of Christianity. Now in their little heads, it was all about the Jews. But watch what he says in Hebrews 5. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. He's a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age or mature. So so this is the story. He said, I see you. You're still a babe. You haven't developed yet. I need you to develop to become a woman, a mature person. And, and what was happening? Let me, let me explain it to you. What was happening to them, they were struggling because they were in, ending the end of one dispensation and moving into another. In their world, God, it was all about the Jews. It was all about the Jews all along the way. I've been sent to, the, to my people, to the Jews. It was always about them. But suddenly now, the dispensation is changing, and it includes Gentiles. It includes people like you and me. Amen. And, and it's the birth of the church. It's a birth of something. So they, they, they were uncomfortable with how the church was changing. All the rules of, of God, the rules that they'd learned in the temple, all the ways you were supposed to do things are now shifting. Racism is being broke down. All that stuff's breaking down. And it was unusual for them. Now let's bring it to where I'm talking to you about today. We're the 11th hour church. We're the 11th hour church. And God is looking for us to mature. Amen. And we're also at the end of a dispensation. We're, in, we're ending the church age. It's almost to come to an end. We are nearing the return of the Lord. And we're going to move out of grace. And we're going to move into a thing called tribulation. Okay? It, it's shifting. Everything is shifting right now. We've been so used to kumbaya in our churches. Let the clergy take care of the church. Let them handle whatever happens. And if the church grows, it's because we got a good preacher. If it doesn't, it's because we got what they always blame somebody. Amen. Amen. But I'm trying to tell you, listen carefully, that you are now living in a time of escalation. 
Okay, God is going to do a fast work. You're not going to be in the harvest field very long. It's an 11th hour church. You're going to get to work about one hour. Okay, he's going to take what used to take people a lifetime. It took a lifetime to change the old doxology songs, them old, old songs to what we used to sing. I'll fly away. I'll fly away. Those were can-can songs. Those were can-can music. And now we're moving into a different style, but yet it's changing again. What used to take years to change can change now in a couple of months. It could just change. What took all day long for some laborers is only going to take an hour. In other words, it's a picture of the reaper overtaking the, the, the plowman. It's a time of acceleration. In one hour, God's going to save entire cities. In one hour, God's going to reap entire harvest from a vineyard. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? This is what it's a picture of. Amen. Our God is a God of vision, of purpose, of faith, and of boldness, and a lot more. And so we've got to get rid of this attitude that the first hour and the second hour and the third hour people have. Like, we worked all day long. We've been here for years. Who do you think you are? How come, how come they're getting paid as much as us? They ain't done nothing. It's the same attitude in church today. Hey, I've been saved longer than you've been alive. This is our attitude. We, we, we know how to have revival. We've had revival before. Revival means, if, you've had, if you're having revival, it means you were dead. Revive means to bring back the dead. Amen. So the 11th hour church is a church, here's what I'm trying to explain to you, that's supposed to have a lot of vision. It's supposed to have purpose and faith and boldness. It's a power church. Amen. And I believe in the year 2021, that's what God is looking for us to do. Amen. I believe he wants us to mature and to grow and get ready for a great acceleration, way beyond anything we've ever done before. The language is going to change. The style is going to change. The way we do things is going to change. The, 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 the liturgy of the church services are going to change. We're going to have to let God be God right now. He's going to pass by. He's going to anoint. He's going to do what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. He might want the song service at the end. He might not want a song service. He might not want a preacher. Whatever God wants, that's what God gets. Amen. Okay? So, so let, me, let me back up and come into it a different way. Now, I want to just give you a story. This is the story of Paul the Apostle. And he's standing. He's, he's been converted. And he's standing before King Agrippa. And he's telling King Agrippa the story of his life. And he says, now, King Agrippa, I was on the road to Damascus, and I had an assignment to kill Christians and to get them. And I was on my way there, but the great light shined out of heaven, knocked me to the ground in broad daylight, and a voice spoke, and me and all my troops heard the voice. And, and this voice spoke to me. And, and, and he said, here's what he said in Acts 26, 15. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Now listen, this is the first thing that you have to have to be an 11th hour church. you got to realize who it is that we're worshiping. We need a vision of Jesus. Amen. Okay? Jesus came from heaven to earth. Jesus came from glory to earth. He, he was living in, in, in opulence. I don't know. Heaven's got to be unbelievable. Amen. He was there in heaven, and all of a sudden he was born in a peasant class. Okay? And he came to this earth, and he paid a heavy price for all of us, and he died on a cross, and he rose from the dead. How many of you know that story? Our vision, then, 
Our vision must be one that has divine power in it. We must believe in the divine power of heaven on earth. We must believe that Jesus came to empower us, to gift us, to help us to be able to fulfill the purposes and the design of heaven on earth. We have to have an unswerving faith in this hour. We must have a fidelity for God. That means a commitment, fidelity. Any of you have been Marines? Faithful? Okay, never mind. Fidelity. I forgot I'm in, I'm in Mountainville up here. <laughs> a fidelity to martyrdom. Every apostle gave his life for Christ. There was a faithfulness in their hearts, a strength in their hearts. And so Paul says, uh, 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 King, this is where it started for me. He said, I, I got a vision of Jesus, and I realized this thing is not just earthly. This is divine. What we're doing here is not just, just natural stuff. We're talking about spiritual stuff. We're talking about something from heaven, something alive, something real. And he says, so he goes on, he says, now, King, listen, i got to tell you, it also had a great purpose in it. Listen to what he said. He said, the Lord said, but rise and stand on your feet, because he got knocked down. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both in the things that you've seen and the things that I'm well, st still going to show. In other words, you haven't seen it all yet, my, my friend. And God told him, I'm, you've seen some stuff, but I'm going to show you some other stuff. And I'm going to deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles whom I now send you. In other words, you're going to have some stuff go on. To open, now watch what he says. I send you to the Gentiles to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Listen to me. In Paul's day, every city was a heathen city. There were no churches. Every city was a heathen city. Can I tell you today, it's just about the same. It's just about the same, okay? We, we have cities filled with degradation. We have cities filled with all kinds of false priests, all kinds of orgies, all kind of heathen worship, all kinds of magicians, all kind. You can go downtown and find, you can go around the corner over here and find witchcraft stores. Right here in our city, amen. Okay, it's happening. And so the future, what I'm trying to say to you, the success of the work of God lies in our hands. This is what God, this is what he's telling Agrippa. King Agrippa, it's not in some corporation. It's not in some denomination. It's not in some group. It's God purposes his people, and his people need to understand that the city they're in is a heathen city, and they've been sent there to change that city. And they've been given power and authority. They've been baptized. They've been anointed. They're growing up. They're starting to become mature, and they're a church that's supposed, this is a 2021 church, amen. Okay? The 11th hour church is a church of power. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 2.4. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of power. In the early days, listen, between the 1st and the 2nd centuries, the entire known world was reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They didn't even have a microphone. They didn't have cars, they didn't have television, they didn't have radios. They, they, it was not done by preachers alone, it was not done by theology alone, it was not done by education alone, it was done by spirit-filled people, anointed by God, 
fidelity in their hearts, strength in their spirits, and saying, we're going to stand up, we're not going to bow down, we're going to quit playing this game, and we're going to get a breakthrough for God. We need a sudden burst to push through the line of defense. We need new spiritual dimensions. And this is what Paul's telling King Agrippa. you got to be bold to stand in front of that guy. That guy cuts your head off. He puts you down in the deep. I don't know if you guys know what the deep is. Do you guys know what the deep is? Paul got put in the deep. A deep in the Roman days, they dug a hole about four foot round, and they dug it into the ground maybe 30 or 40 feet, and every five feet or four feet, they would put a grate of iron. Okay, When you're in the deep, you're in the bottom of that hole. Each grate had another man on it, or woman, or whatever they had. And guess where everybody poo-pooed? On you. You were in the deep. To be able to survive a day and a night in the deep was a miracle. And he did it. Okay, because your body was being ate alive by all kinds of yuck. No, no, it was not a fun day. He got beat with rods. You know what that means? They laid you down. They took big pipes and they broke your, your they, they hit you right on your, your, the, the, your the, the front of your calves and they broke your calves. Paul had that happen in cities where he went. But they never backed down. They never backed down. Amen. I'm trying to tell you, in 2021, you're going to have to grow up. You're going to have to be strong. Because they're going to try to get you to back down. Ooh, I felt it. I can feel it right here. Amen. That's okay. We're experiencing a last time hastening. I believe, listen, I would have never believed in one year they could move us all to such a place that we've lost businesses by the thousands across our country. Everybody's scared to death. Everybody walks in a spirit of fear. The churches have cowered down and completely shut their doors. Everybody's, I would have never believed we could watch the, the, the socialism grab hold of our nation. I would have never believed we could have watched the, the, this foul spirit of millions of babies being being killed and aborted i would have never believed and nobody even talks about that all they talk about is the coronavirus nobody talks about the millions of babies aborted and killed this year this year are you come on who am i talking to in here am i making you nervous you need to be nervous if you are amen we got to realize that happened in a year's time in one year's time it was an amazing thing. I watched the spirit of Antichrist come in and seize our media, turn everything around, and in one year's time, our entire nation and the world changed in one year's time as a spirit seized it. It's called a spirit of Antichrist. That same spirit is not going to be friendly to the church. It's the 11th hour. And we're going to have to stand up, and we're going to have to be strong this hour. You're going to have to actually pray over your meals or pay the price. Oh, amen. You need to get bold in restaurants. Pray over your meal. Don't, don't be a wuss. Pray. You don't know what's going on in that food. No, no. You don't know what's going on in that food. I talked to a mortician. They don't even have to put people in refrigerators no more. Because you have so many preservatives in your body. You eat jam and preservative all the time. You're preserved. 
No, no. That's why we, we see all, all the, the stuff going on. There's all kinds of weird stuff happening. So we're the 11th hour church, and we realize that there's a prize set before us. And here's what the prize is. Here's what Paul said is, that I may know him and the resurrection of his power. I need to know God. I need a new dimension, a new power. I need a breakthrough spirit because it's 11th hour. It's a rough time. Things are for real. And I need a vision. Visions are language of the Holy Spirit. What kind of vision do you have? A scared vision or a full vision? Amen. Are you limited or you, are you expanded? Amen. Come on. I I'm sometimes am just very real. Everybody tells me how to do it, and yet I don't see anything happening. I'm just, I'm just being real. Okay, it, what we really need to do is quit talking and, and, and get a hold of the Holy Ghost. We need God to help us. We need an empowering of His Spirit and an empowering of His gifts to be able to do what He's called us to do in this last hour. And we're in the last hour time. And so Paul said, I'm pressing towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. And I believe that we're going to have to be willing to push past what we've been trained for many years, and that is to push into a blessing. I think we need to push into a breakthrough. Are you listening to me? You're going to have to push past this idea that it's all about you and you, and you being blessed. You got to push past that idea. It's not all about you. It's about your children in this generation. It's about the kingdom of God. Amen. So you're going to have to be willing. Listen, what does that mean? What am I saying? I'm saying to you that there are spiritual dynamics happening in the world that you live in right now that you might not understand. And there's a thing called a strong man. And that strong man has to be bound. He has to be broken down. There's a strong man of this mountain. There's a strong man on that reservation. There's a strong man in your neighborhood. There is. And you're going to have to learn how to bind him. First of all, you've got to recognize him. So to do that, you're going to have to go into fasting and prayer. Yep, that's the bad word, fasting. When's the last time you fasted? I was going to call a church fast, but I decided to wait. Everybody's doing it the first of the year. Maybe I'll wait till the second month of the year. But we need to have a, a fast where we fast and we pray and we learn to walk in the Spirit. We learn how to walk in right fellowship with God where we walk in a continuously filled Spirit where we're not just getting baptized one day and speaking in tongues for one hour, but we walk in it. We walk in it. We walk in an anointing. We walk in a language of the Spirit. We walk with God helping us. If we're not careful, we're going to be just like Samson. Samson was a picture of the early church. And what did Samson do? He went to bed with a woman. A religious system. Amen. He went to bed with a religious system. Listen, the choice is we can prostitute ourselves or we can go to the gates. The gates of authority, the gates of power. The 11th hour church, let me tell you what it is. It's a people that are tired of the smoke and they want in the fire. The 11th hour church is a people that say, listen, we've come out here. If it's only for one hour, we're going to give it our best. Amen. We're here to serve. We're here to push through. We're here to stand up. We're here to bow up and fight back. I don't know if you heard Sidney Powell this week. You know who Sidney Powell is? The president's attorney. Did you listen to her this week? She made a call this week to every pastor, every church, to assemble yourselves and get back in church. She said, you better get in church in force because you're going to be challenged. She challenged every church person. Every, this, is, this is Sydney Powell. She's not even a preacher. She's an attorney. 
And she said, you guys better quit wussing out. You better quit pushing back. You better, quit. You better rally your people. She said, God did not give us a spirit of fear. We don't have it. We refuse to receive it. I appreciate her. She said, you better get back in church. You better stand up because if you let them push you, they'll push you to your irrelevant. You don't mean nothing to nobody. Somewhere you've got to stand up and say, wait a minute, we're still here. And they can't stop 30 million Americans that are Christians. Amen. What are they going to do, arrest all of us? If we all back up and bow down and cower down and, and, and suck fuzz, get a straw. Suck it up, my friend. It's time to march. Amen. I liked what she said. Are you willing to take your mask off? Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about that mask. I'm talking about this fake mask. All of you got about five or six of those. We got to place a demand. We're going to have to place a demand on the anointing. Just like the woman with the issue of blood who pressed through the crowd and grabbed hold of Jesus. Amen. We're going to have to place a demand on him. We're going to have to believe God for it. Just like this morning. I don't necessarily feel too good, but I can tell you this. I'm placing a demand on the anointing. I'm placing a demand. I believe we have to do it. And here's how Paul ended, ended that whole thing with, with King, King Agrippa. He stands there and says, listen, I've been sent with a purpose. My purpose is to take people out of darkness and bring them into light. My purpose is to turn people from Satan into God. Our cities are heathen. Our cities are messed up. Flagstaff's a wreck. Amen. And all the cities around it are a wreck. Somebody's going to have to stand up and get real about this thing. We're not just a social club. We're a church. We're a spiritual entity with the spiritual power of God. And we haven't demonstrated that very well. And it's time for us to demonstrate it again. Take our mask off and quit playing church and start pushing for a breakthrough. Amen. In our worship, in our preaching, in everything we do. And he stood before King Agrippa. He says, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision God gave me. And I want to say that to you. We've never had a time like this before. We've never been in a time like we're in right now, church. None of us. None of us. We really don't know what 2021 holds. Everybody wants to say great things, but it could be a year of rioting. Oh, no, it really could be. This could be a year of unbelievable things. Amen. If some of the prophets are right, and I don't, I'm not naming names or all that, but some of them are right, they're saying we're going into two years of t just horrific things in America. Horrible things. In fact, so bad that Iran is going to look and see that we're so distracted with our own military problems that they're going to attack Israel. Okay, that's what a lot of these prophets are saying. So we're coming into some times that we don't know what's going to happen. But this is what I do know. We're the 11th hour church. And it's a special place in history. And it's a great time to be alive. And we should not stand around and whimper. This is a dynamic hour. We need to be filled with victory. We need to be filled with hope. We need to believe God. And just like in, this, in our first text, the, all the other workers did not understand those 11th hour people. They were upset with those people. You know why they were upset? Because they got special favor. Amen. They got special favor. And I believe God's going to favor us like we've never been favored before. I believe it's going to be excessive favor. And I believe we're going to get paid first. 
What does that mean? I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about I believe the gifts of the Spirit are going to drop on those that are hungry for it. I believe those that are pressing and those that are searching and those that are part of that 11th hour church are going to get spoiled by God. Amen. We're going to have an advantage that all the other people, all the generations before us have not had. God's going to give it to us right now. But we can't play with it. we got to be real. we got to grow up. we got to suck it up. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is not a time for you to walk around being a pretty Christian and really a fake. This is a time for you to stand up and be strong. Be a Christian or, or, or wuss out, whichever you're going to do. Get it. Draw a line. Make sure you know which side you're on. Hell knows and heaven knows. Do you know? What side are you on? Amen. I'm talking about within your own spirit. It's easy to be afraid. It's easy to back down. But God did not give you that spirit of fear. God never gave you a spirit of fear. The spirit that's in you is a spirit of power and of might and a decision and a focus and of intent and a purpose. And it's full of faith and it's full of boldness. Can I hear an amen from somebody? That's the spirit we have to have, church. So we're going to come in and we're going to start learning. And I'm, maybe I'll preach on it Wednesday, I don't know. But we want to enter into a whole nother level of worship. We don't want to just sing songs. Amen. We want to enter into worship. We might have to leave these tom-toms up here so I can beat on them while I preach. I don't know what we're going to do. Amen. Amen. But we need a whole new level where we really press in. Where it's not about words, but it's about presence. It's about gifting. And we need to see God move in our altars again. Where people just run to the altar and miraculously they're healed and they're touched by God. It changed my life. It changed my life when I saw America. I'm going to share this and I'll, bet I'll let you go. I'm standing in Madras, India. The church is about twice this size, I guess. Maybe, maybe twice this size. But 1,700 people are crammed in there. Okay, it's hot as a snake. I mean, the, there's one little fan, and I don't even know if it was really working. And it was turning. It was so hot, we were pouring sweat. We were standing next to each other, just the whole stage packed full. And there's this old man behind me. He's standing right here. I'm the preacher. He's standing right here, and you can't get out. And so he urinates on himself because there's nowhere to go. So now I'm smelling hot urine. And I'm in this place, and there's my, it's wet everywhere. He, I, I'm not being ugly. That's what happened. And the guy was old, and he was just trying to survive, trying to make it. It was a bad scene. All of a sudden, the power of God moved. They had brought in 30 deaf children on this side. Nobody prayed for those deaf children. I did not pray for those deaf children. In fact, I wasn't even sure what was going on. I could see people trying to, adults trying to work with these kids. I didn't understand what it was. I didn't know they were deaf. Suddenly, they start barking like seals. God was healing them. They were hearing for the very first time words. Some of them were terrified because they'd never heard sound. Others were cheering and excited because they'd heard sound. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I, I can't, I, the service, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came in and took over. And somebody comes and says, God's starting to heal, and that's a deaf school. So I started shouting praises. I said, praise God, praise God. You know, I was going I, I, I to try to get one to come up. I don't know how I was going to get them to come up. And, and so all of a sudden, this guy pops up. I don't know where he came from. He's standing in front of me. He's got a, one of those sorry things on the way they do it. And he's got four little fingers that stick out of that shoulder. That's all he's got for an arm. Four fingers. Got a full arm on this side, four fingers on this side. And he's standing in front of me, and he says, will you pray for me? And I did one of those wimped out, 
three o'clock, six o'clock prayers. Amen. God heal him. We believe for him. Lord bless his life. I did a wimpy prayer. And so the pastor that was of the church, I don't know what happened to him, but a lion, the spirit of Judah got on him. Something happened. He said, Pastor, do you mind if I pray? I said, no, sir, it's your church. And somehow in that little, I mean, we're in a little teeny spot. He walks up to that man. He grabs those four little fingers, and he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and he pulled, and I watched a full arm come out of a man's shoulder. I watched the muscles and pink skin come up out of that arm, and as it came up, I went down. I don't care if I'm in pee. I could have cared less at that moment. I never saw nothing like that. It freaked me out. And, and when I cry, I've always wanted to be like Jimmy Swaggart. You know how that guy can cry and take his glasses off? He's so cool. But when I cry, I don't sound like that. I sound more like the lion on the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Man, I'm on the ground. I, I, I couldn't compose myself. I was knelt down in that urine. I was flipping a bicky. I'd never seen anything like that in my world, in my life. People were screaming and shouting. People were getting healed. Indians all over that place. It was the wildest time. A Holy Ghost came in and wrecked the house. I, I'm just telling you. That service went on. I don't know how long it went on. All I know is by the time they were gone, I was laid face down in that wet platform. I could have cared less. I laid there and shook for two hours. They were gone home. I could not get over what I'd experienced and how little faith I had. God, forgive me for my little faith. God intended all along to heal. All he needed was an instrument to work. How can they hear if a preacher's not sent? How are there, how's your family going to hear if you won't talk? How, how are your workers going to hear if you don't talk? How's the people going to find out if you don't open your mouth? This is the year of 2021. God's looking for some mature Christians this year. God's looking for some people that will allow him to purpose them, that will allow him to put a vision in them, a burning fire in them, a boldness in them. And this year we're going to find out who's who. Amen. Amen. So Choose the side of God. Can I tell you, choose God's side. God's side is going to win in this thing. Amen. You can read the Bible. All the stuff that we're watching, all the nations, the way things are going, have been predicted for 4,000 years. Now, you was wrong last week. And God's never been wrong. Trust God. Trust God. You're crazy. He's okay. Trust God, I'm telling you, and get in on God's side. This is the hour for you to get serious with God. This is the time for you to intentionally set some moments of time in your life for prayer, to intentionally set some moments in your life to witness to somebody. Amen. This is the hour. This is the time. And if God finds you doing it, he'll put gems on you. He'll put an anointing on you. He'll put a power on you. He'll cause you to walk in destiny and royalty. He'll lift you up. He'll purpose you. He'll favor you above all the other workers. He'll give you an advantage that nobody else has. He'll cause giftings to move through your life you've never experienced before. This is the hour. This is the year. This is the time. Can somebody give the Lord a big praise right now for what he's getting ready to do? Now, I'm not trying to be political to you right here, but you watch these next couple of weeks. You're going to see some crazy stuff go down. And the battle is not between the Republicans and the Democrats. The battle's between heaven and hell. 
And it may look like there's an advantage to this side or to that side, but I promise you when it's done, God will come out on top. When this whole thing's done, God will do what God's going to do. Amen. And ain't going to be nobody can stop him. There's not a devil in hell that can stop him. There's not, a, there's not a political party. There's not an army on the earth that can stop him. And he's getting ready to move in a mighty way. I would have never said these things just even a year ago. But today I can see the hand of God swiftly moving in our earth. And I'm watching a church lay down and silence itself. It's like the silence of the lambs. We've all masked up, and I'm not picking on masks. That's not my purpose here. But I'm just saying we've all masked up, we've all hidden ourselves away, and we're afraid to death. you got to quit that. Somewhere you need to let the boldness of the Holy Ghost come in you and let God use you. I'm not saying go around licking doorknobs, but I'm saying you need to, you need to be strong. Amen. Amen. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this great church. I thank you for every person that's come out on this first service in 2021. And I pray, Lord, that you'll ignite a fire in every one of our hearts, that you'll put a boldness in us, that this year we'll actually live out Christianity. We won't just talk about it on Sundays, but we'll actually rise up. Lord, as I look on this congregation, there's some young men in here that your hand is upon them to do great and mighty things, and they're still messing around. Lord, grip their souls, grip their hearts, and let them know they have a purpose on this earth. Listen to me, my friend. One day, you might serve as an auto mechanic, a carpenter, an electrician, whatever, a, tech, a technician. I don't know. Those are all good things. Nothing evil about any of those things. But if God has called you to be a minister, when you stand before him, you're going to be judged as a minister. Not as what you did in the car lot or on the, in the construction site or in, in, in the computer room. You'll be judged according to what God purposed for your life. So I'm praying right now that his purpose would come alive in you. That you'd realize, I don't care how, you don't even need to know how you're going to get there. What matters is his purpose. He'll take you that was the last and the least and he'll put you in the front. Amen. That's what, it, that's what our scripture said. He'll put you right in the front. So I'm praying that this week, God will seize your heart through dreams, through visions, through language, or just by his own self reaching inside you and tell you, look, young man, I've got my hand on you. Young lady, i got my hand on you. i got a plan for you, and I need you to get serious with me. I need you to quit being a baby now, and I need you to grow up. So that I can put in a mantle on you, anoint you, and use you in my vineyard. Amen. Father, release it into their hearts today. Release it into their lives. Right now. Don't qualify yourself or disqualify yourself. That's between God. Look at me. When God came down into that vineyard and he chose those men that were standing around idle, there was no, there was no interviews. It wasn't about whether you could qualify. God just chose. And God's choosing you. God's choosing you today. And you feel it. And you know it. It's very important how you respond to God at moments like that. Amen. This is an hour. I don't even, look, look at me. I don't even know what we're going to do about this building. We have to make a decision the next month if we're going to release this place. We've put a lot of work, a lot of effort in here, but it isn't big enough. 
I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to need stadiums in Flagstaff. Oh, you're not listening. So you're still thinking small. We're going to need stadiums. They, they, they didn't build these stadiums for sports arenas. They built these stadiums for God's people. You don't realize that. That sports is going down the tube right now anyway. God's getting ready to raise his church up. No, just take a look. Just take a look. He's shifting the gears. And it won't be long and all this other stuff's just going to fade away. It won't matter no more. It won't matter who's the NFL Super Bowl player. It won't matter no more. When they're marching on the streets and they're burning your house, you won't care who the NFL star is. But you will care about who's God. You will care. And things are going to shift. And they're going to fill these stadiums with people of God who are trying to hear a word from heaven who can march forward. And we have to stand together unified, shoulder to shoulder, and believe in God. It's coming. I'm not trying to scare you. It's coming. Prepare your hearts. Prepare yourselves. Make a place in your own house for an altar. Start to learn to pray again. Start to learn to get a hold of God again. And when God speaks to you, do what he tells you to do. Don't wait around. Don't contemplate on it. Don't think about it. Just obey. Amen. Stand with me. I'm going to start preaching again. i got to quit. I'm going to say, man, I'm about to have a heart attack up here right now. A good guy. Amen. We love you guys. We love you guys. And God's doing something. If you ever have a request, ever have a need, don't you hesitate one second to call. You call us. Gail and I will pray with you. We'll believe God with you. There's others in this church that will help you. Don't, don't hesitate. Amen. This is not an hour for, for hesitation. This is an hour of acceleration. we got to move quick. When God speaks, we got to just respond. Amen.